So if you have two people trying to lose weight together at the gym, does that make them slim gyms? Uh, you definitely tell I don't have a whole lot to talk about today. Um, <laughs> oh, welcome to episode 162 of the Off and Beat podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. It always seems I'm disappointed when I say my name twice in the same sentence. Um, I feel like that's like incorrect verbiage of like a predicate subject noun, some bullshit, whatever the fuck. Uh, but yeah, recording this at 11.42 a.m. Eastern on August 7th, 8th, August 8th. Jesus, are you losing track of the days? I guess I'm a little confused um <laughs> all right all right all right um but yeah uh don't forget to like follow the pod subscribe hit the notification bell keep the support coming uh but most importantly ladies and gentlemen don't forget to suck some titties um so yeah losing I'll say uh, the the reason why I opened with that because I was kind of thinking like it's always weird to see two people that are like doing something together. I know as like an isolated person in general, as someone who typically likes to just kind of when I do something that's actually productive for me, I, I actually I don't like as shitty as it sounds, but I don't think it actually means that bad. Actually, don't really like having like a workout partner per se. I don't actually like having. I don't actually like doing things that involve effort with another person because if they're not willing to, uh, if they don't have like a similar mindset or they don't have a similar type of effort that they put into something, it's just going to aggravate you more and it throws you off your game. And also, it could just seem like, oh, I like the presentation of this more. I like the idea of this more to feel like, oh, we're doing something together. You're just like, yeah. And you're taking uh, half of my gains away, bitch. Um, (laughs) I need to stop using that word. But, yeah, you know, I like a baddie with a fatty. Um, (laughs) I'm pretty sure she does too. But, hey, you know what? We can't all get what we want. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> oh, I'm too much. Um, I literally was actually told I am too much, which, you know, it's nice to have that somewhere. Um, <laughs> oh, Clint, this is too much. It's like, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> no, but like in terms of like my, I guess my personality, my humor, it's like, I, I, you know, I, I guess it's more of like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to respond to some of this shit. And I'm like, that's the point. I talk over you. Get used to it. Um, <laughs> uh, this is going to be one of those where I just laugh at myself the whole time. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe I'm covering up for the lack of stuff I have to talk about. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it's like. Am I quote unquote too much? When someone says, "Are you you're you're just too much," you could take it as a compliment, like, "Wow, I'm definitely not boring." But you could also take it as like, "Man, I, I got too much going on. I I'm too complicated. I'm too I'm too uh difficult to actually for someone to feel comfortable to you know discuss stuff with." Again, that's just me, my overthinking power type of thing. But yeah. Just uh, just throwing that out there, I guess. So it's something interesting. But yeah, uh, I'll be honest. I have no clue what I'm going to talk about today. Thank God for descriptions to help you out. Uh, oh yeah, I'll, I'll say. So yesterday, I, f- I find it odd. Oh jeez, Clint, don't get fired. Um, it's like, oh, they don't listen to the pod. They don't even know we exist. Until, you know, um, until they do. And when they do, they're going to be like, oh, you represent our company? It's kind of, it's kind of problematic. It's like, uh, I basically say the same shit at work to the coworkers in your own building. So I'm problematic there too. Um, (laughs) um, 
and uh, a couple problems happen. It's automatic and supersonic. Uh, and I make the girls hypnotic until they get funky and fresh. Uh, thank God for Nair. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jesus. Uh, that's why my nose is itching for a topic here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, side note. If a girl if a girl has just shaved with Nair, keep your nose out of the bushes. That's why it always says, keep your nose out of, stop brown nosing. In this case, it's more like, you know, uh, pink nosing. Um, <laughs> ah, come on. Oink, oink. I guess I'm like a pig down there. Oink, oink. And then if they shit in your face, it's like a pig in mud. Um, pig in, oh, you're happier than a pig in shit. And then her shit's all over in your face. The holes, are, I mean, look, the holes are close together. So, my defense, it's like every every guy, when they lost their virginity, I don't care what they tell you. They put it in the wrong hole first. It's like, oh, the first one I see. Boom. Because um, <laughs> we don't know the first position guys want to try. Like, yeah, I'm going to beat that shit up. Sorry, sorry for the graphic deets here. And like, yeah, spin that shit around. And then she's like, nope, wrong one. Ow. And you're like... Oh, I don't know anything of what I'm doing. Uh, didn't you take sex ed? It's like, yeah. And, uh, I, you know, it's funny how the sex ed teacher, you never actually feel like they're actively participating in the sex part. So it feels like their ideas and what they're teaching, it feels outdated. It's like someone teaching you about fitness or someone teaching you about... um like parkour but they haven't done it in like 25 years and it's like or if someone is trying to teach you about like bodybuilding like if you see a bodybuilder from like the 1950s and 60s like yes did they still take like steroids and certain types yes but the stuff that's so advanced like now they're taking like 18 different fucking types of steroids testosterone turkish turkish whatever the fuck HRT, they're on all these blood work and all this shit, all these milligram precise to achieve these na- these forms of physiques. And back in the day, it was just like, yeah, you know, you take this, you take that, you work out, you eat, and all this shit. It was much more simple. So taking advice from a guy in the 60s, 1960s, who, you know, the physique expectations were just like a lot. I don't want to say less because they're still impressive, but compared to now, it's probably actually more attractive. Like it actually probably, I prefer like a 1980s, 1990s because it still feels like, like when you see these dudes that just have like these, like spider veins all over their chest is like the weird, like you just feel like you can just like get some, you get a pocket knife and cut the vein on their chest and like their whole body would just collapse. It's sticking out type of shit. It's just like so fucked up. Like it's the biggest form of body dysmorphia when you really think of what bodybuilding is. And it's, um, but no, I, as I was, Shit, what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, Jesus, Clint, here we go. Losing your train of thought. Uh, don't stop this train. I want to go back home again. Um, <laughs> can't take the speed this pot is moving in for my thoughts. Um, but yeah, no, the phys- what was about? physique, body. Uh, oh, yeah, like taking advice from someone that hasn't done some like, it's, oh, yeah, sex ed, like. 20 plus years ago, it was like, anal wasn't even like a thing in the 60s. I mean, I'm sure it happened. But, you know, it wasn't like this, oh, yeah, you know, me and, you know, me and Ben, we did, you know, we did this, we had dinner, anal, you know, had a nightcap, had some wine at dinner. Did I mention we did anal? Like, you know, it's just like, hey, some people have wine and cheese for dinner. Some people, uh, you know, wine and dine until the you know, cheddar shredding back there. Um, <laughs> oh, Swiss, hole in one. Um, uh, hopefully she didn't just have Swiss cheese and expired. Um, <laughs> cheese runs through, baby. Um, how dare he shit on my dick. Um, <laughs> okay. But no, seriously. Um, it's a... Uh, yeah, look, look. And taking... 
it's like the sex ed teachers that we used to have, like, not a single one. And I'm like, yeah, this person has, you know, an epitome of experience. And I'm diversifying her profile or his. Um, they, they would just like put on a video and like the Miracle Life video, like, oh. And it's like, what does the Miracle Life video actually teach you? It just shows a woman having birth. It doesn't teach you anything. It's like, you're basically saying, if you have, as a girl, if you have sex, this is what you're ready for. And like, oh my God, that shit hurts. And as dudes are like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> you're killing it. Um, obviously, it didn't stop a whole lot of people because some people saw it like, oh my God, the connection. It's so deep. It's like, yeah, so is the... <laughs> So it was the canker sores and ripping. Um, <laughs> oh, Clint. Uh, uh. By the way, I also learned that cats get periods. I didn't know that. I mean, I assumed like they would have some form of, you know, knowing if like, hey, you know, you're in the clear. But, you know, most cats are neutered and spayed anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Like, you know, we just basically treat cats like like we put 11-year-old girls on birth control and fuck up their hormones at a young age and all this shit. Because you're afraid that some that some guy in 8th grade is going to just sway her with, with his magical words of game. <laughs> and she's going to fall for it. It might. Like, look, you don't want a pregnant daughter at 14. I get it. But is it worth fucking up the hormones and all that shit? And fucking up, possibly, like, you know, she's probably going to have, like, weight issues. She's going to have all these type of issues within her body, all because you're preventing having a baby. And then, when she gets older and wants to get off that stuff and want to have a baby, there's no guarantee that everything's going to be in check where she can have a baby. Now, I was thinking about that with cats <laughs> and dogs. Like, when we neuter and spay them or whatever, I understand the intention of not... uh I understand the intention of you don't, they're supposed to be domesticated, right? Like, they're supposed to be able to live in a society without being rabid or without attacking. Like, you don't want them every time they just see a kid that's slightly annoying and just bite their fucking hand off. Like, I get it. You want their, you want their ego in check. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't sound a whole lot different from... People are so worried, like, oh, I don't want to be controlled as a human. I don't want my emotions. I don't want medicine that's going to fuck up and make me uh, make me be controlled by the government and all this stuff. But yet, you know, you do it to the cats that you can go treat as humans. But hey, you know what? What the fuck do I know? Um, it's, uh, I, I, I get, we have to, you know, most part, it makes sense. I'm... I've come around, like, I, I, I get why we have to spay and neuter animals and stuff. The only thing that's kind of weird about it, it's like, if you are going to, if you want to get into the purity of it, right? And this is where I kind of, when people, like, let, let's just classify cats and dogs as below humans. So let's not, let's not glorify for the Instagram. Let's not glorify for the world. Let's not make it like, ah, uh, cats are better than people. Dogs are better than people. Because you know what you do with cats and dogs? You make sure they can never have. You can you make sure as a human being. It's funny how you don't want people making choice for you. And whether you can have kids or not. Like oh. If you want to have the. You know. Um, I don't want to say for demonetization. But if you want to have the. Uh, dismissal of kid before a couple months in the womb. Let's just say. You're completely fine with that for your choice and all that stuff. Okay. But yet you take that ability away from your cat and dog. Actually, no. A better example would be the ones that are like so against having, oh, all the stuff against out. It's like, oh, the ones that are typically against having the dismissal of a baby out of the womb before a couple months in the womb. Um, oh, pro-life and all this stuff. It's like, well, you know, you took that choice out of your cat and dog's hands. Or paws, I should say. Or, uh, and you literally just kind of use cats and dogs for your own moral support. And for something for your kids to be distracted by, if we're going to be honest. Use something to make you feel like you're taking care of something. 
man's best friend, woman's, you know, user for IG pics. Um, <laughs> and I'm not saying people don't love their dogs and cats. I get it. But you're taking away the ability for them to have the same connection, to have, a, in their world, having a little puppy or having a little kitten, there's a, if we're going to say they're like humans, that means they have that same magical, emotional, unquantifiable feeling and attachment to their own, right? Now, do they operate a little different? Like after seven weeks? Yeah, they might just let them out into the wild and like, hey, you know, toughen up out there, you know? Um, it's like the Viking, it's like being a Viking back in the day. Like, hey, you know, we're going to raise you for like 10, 12 years and then, you know, you got to go start hunting some lions and shit. Like, you got you to gotta learn how to hunt for your food on your own. Figure it out. Um. Yeah, look, they op, but to sit here and take away the ability for a cat or a dog to have the one thing that's going to be, they're basically, you're using them to serve you and have nothing for themselves when you really kind of break it down. Like, who are you to tell a cat and take that? Who are you to tell, to make a cat where they can't have little cats? Who are you to tell? Who are you to have this dog that just smiles and looks at you all day? And really, they're dying inside because they want a little one of their own. Because what? You don't want to spend an extra 400 bucks a month buying a little puppy food? A little puppy chow? Huh? It's a little too inconvenient for you? Oh, okay. No, that's cool. And, like, trust me, I get all this. I get all the reasons why spay and neutering happen. I get it. Alright. But you see like a me when they get spayed and neutered, like their whole attitude it's like it's literally a medicine that just tames a, a tames a living thing from what they naturally are, from what they naturally can do. Like being like if you've ever been around someone who's was on birth control at a young age, or people that are on like any type of medicine, like depression medicine, stuff like that, it completely, like, their whole, like, they, they're just, they just different as a person. Like, it's not who they naturally are. But the med, for example, like depression medicine, anti-depression medicine, I guess you could call it. It basically makes people, in my experience, it essentially makes you tired all the time. So that you have less time to be depressed. <laughs> so you don't have time to think about it. You're too busy sleeping. You're too busy feeling whatever. Like if you really want someone depressed to be happier. You give them more energy to do shit. To reinforcement to make them happy. But now we're like hey. The less time you have to think about why you hate yourself. You're going to be less depressed. That's what the medicine's for baby. Um... <laughs> And then it fucks with your weight gain, it fucks with your blood levels, high blood, all this shit, like, all this stuff they don't think about, but we just put kids on it, and I get it, parents are in desperate situations to try to fix their kid and all this stuff, like, I, I get it, like, because you go to a therapist, you go wherever, and there's like, if he takes this, you know, it, you gotta think about the long term of his well-being, like, yes, there's a side effects where he may... They may hate themselves because they gained a shitload of weight, which is going to cause their depression worse. Like, I, I don't, don't, don't worry about that now. It's called anti-depression medicine, okay? It's obviously going to work. It's like, okay, but all the things that it causes, I don't feel like it's going to make that kid happier. It's like, well, bitch, obviously what you ain't doing making him happier. So trust us, you dirty whore. Um, <laughs> a lot of hard truth in that one, actually. Kind of, kind of kind of got dark there um but that's why i don't really take like i'm not really a medicine person i don't even really take over the counter stuff i i honestly think like as i got like the tylenol the leaves the advils i don't think they actually really like work i think obviously i'm not a placebo effect expert but i understand like basic placebos like if you convince your mind that what you're doing 
or what you're taking is beneficial enough, you're going to naturally reap the benefits because all benefits can naturally be reaped internally. Like you don't really need supplements to get certain vitamins and stuff, but it's going to be pretty hard to get in all the foods. So, you know, a lot of things like vitamin D, B12, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, you could do sunlight and stuff, but honestly, it's a power manifestation. That's what they'll tell you. But you can honestly internally create a lot of that stuff for you just by doing certain things to create that. Like, for example, testosterone. It's one of the weirdest things because what makes someone has low and high testosterone, obviously there could be some medical things. But there are also some things that, for example, a guy may take for granted that, oh, my test levels are low. It's like, okay, well, do you... Do you have an active dating life? Do you talk to girls? Things that stimulate, well, I should say stimulate a straight man's mind. Um, that stimulate your mind on a regular basis, that make you feel good about yourself, that kind of, I hate to say it, bring your ego up. And all that stuff is kind of like a built, like, I believe, like, I saw, I saw a study or some type of article recently where a guy who has a just saying active sex life right we'll just say sex life but even just active dating life where he has a rotation of women he can talk to his testosterone level will be like 30 percent higher than a guy who's sexless for example 30 percent is a lot when you consider the numbers of the range between which is weird the range levels of testosterone like the range is so varied that if you have a range between like 300 and 1,000, you're considered healthy or quote-unquote normal. It's like, first of all, whether it's normal to have 300, fine. But if you have 1,000, that's a lot different than 300. So don't just say it's like having the same thing. It's not like if you have a 6.7-inch dick compared to a 6.4. It's like, hey, like, you know what? It's not going to be that big of a difference. But placebo effect. Um <laughs> Is she has to choose between the six before and six point seven? She's probably gonna choose the six point seven. Either way, it's not really gonna feel that much different. You're gonna be honest. But three hundred nanograms of deciliter compared to a thousand—that's a lot different testosterone. That's a whole different dude. That's a whole different feeling inside of a dude, and he probably looks a lot different because he's able to produce more hormones and he has a different like intensity. He has a different agnosity. That's your where did they agnosity? I don't know what it means, but it sounds good. Um, <laughs> I love when I create words that I feel like exist somewhere, but um, I don't know if they do. I guess I have a sixth sense for making up shit. And uh, today's drink is ice mocha. But, oh, now we're potting. The best ones are the ones you don't prepare for. Kind of like uh, children. Um, <laughs> children are the gift of life, though, right? Like, if... Not not to get too sidetracked, but, like... Like, I'm a believer that, like, 98% of kids on this earth... Or 98% of people were not prepared. I've always believed that people that ultimately, like, prepare to the T of trying for kids... I think those people are psychos... Like, to invite stress into your life, even if you think that's what you want, is fucking insane to me, right? I don't care how much you love children. You should never, like, just go out there and be like, I want three children this year. It's like, well, damn. It's like, I understand about your purpose and your whole purpose being produ reproduction and all that. But I feel like if you purposely bring children into this world, even if you want children, like, there's something psychotic about you. I think the most loving parents are the ones where it's like, it was unexpected. Well, you can't really say unexpected because some things happen where they should have been expected. Um, <laughs> but in terms of like, you know, probably young, probably naive, they're probably like, hey, you know, hey, you know, just a, hey, you know, just eyeball it. <laughs> and uh, oh boy, he was balling it. All right. <laughs> As Roddy Rich would say, right? Like, we're balling. Um, <laughs> And talk about eyeball, and it's like, yeah, it felt like I was done. It's like, man, eh, well, um, 
I'm three weeks. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's an odd conversation. Uh, but it, it's when you are unexpected and then you choose to actually mature as a person. You're probably in a place in your life where you're like, oh, shit, I don't know if I'm ready. And it really changes you as a person, betters you as a person because you started from the humble place. That's the one weird thing. Like, everyone says you shouldn't want kids until you have everything in place. Like, you have structure and all this. But reality is, if you have structure and you have a shitload, let's just say a shitload of money, or you have, like, everything fiscally, monetarily achievable, you have everything going for you, you're probably going to start justifying reasons why, why, like, I don't want kids. I don't want, I don't want to mess with this. That's a weird thing. You kind of got to have kids when you have no business having kids, if that makes sense. Because otherwise, there's no reason to really add that type of stress into your life and suck the life out of you. Because you ain't sleeping no more. Um, And I love my sleep. So there's no way I'm on purpose, like, out of anything. That's the thing. It's like, the main thing I don't want to suffer right now is my sleep. I don't, like, if I were to lose my gains, cool. Like, obviously not, but, you know, I understand that would probably be a byproduct. I would probably get, probably gain a few pounds. A little bit of a dad bod. I still try to control it, you know, a little bloatedness. But the sleep part is something where it's like, I can't, I can't imagine. Like, I can't remember the last time I had a day. This is how particular I've been with my sleep, how serious I take it. Is that I can't remember the last time I was just drudging through a day. Because I got like four hours of sleep. I never get less sleep than my body needs. Some days it varies. Like uh, some days I wake up after five hours and feel fine. Like it's like, oh, I guess my day's starting. Um, And that's the thing. But if I were to have a kid, hypothetically, and it would have fucked that up, I would understand like, all right, this isn't about you anymore. This is a byproduct of something bigger than yourself. It's about being selfish, it's about being a good father, blah, 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 all that shit that people pretend they actually want to be, but when it comes down to the nitty gritty, they're like, but, you know, you don't make me feel like you used to. It's like, yeah, I'm tired. I don't feel like I used to, so I'm not going to make you feel like I used to, okay? Shit changes. Get with the program. Um, <laughs> um, it's like, bitch, you need to be on P90X. It's like, uh, bitch, uh, you need to start making more than 900 bucks a week. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, nah, but look, man. Yeah, no, I, I always believe people who want kids, not want kids, but people who try so hard, like are trying to have kids is wild to me. Like we are going to have kids today it's it's like it's like i understand like you should have a plan in place per se but i also but when you're just trying hard for kids i think like there's something that's more psychotic than people who shouldn't have kids and they have kids because at least then it's just like uh hey i have a problem and uh your pussy is all of it (laughs) And hers. Um, <laughs> oh, Clint. Um, maybe anal's not a bad option. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Clint. Oh, Clint. How how do I get here? How did I get here? Well, unexpected. That's how I got here. Um, <laughs> I think this pod has just turned into me cracking myself up for an hour. But you know what? It's the worst things you could be listening to. Um, because cracking up, I guess I crack open a few things. Um, <laughs> um, snap, crackle, pop, rice, cumpies. Uh, that was terrible. Well, what keeps the rice krispies together? Uh, that may be worse than you want to know. But yeah, no people. People that purposely have kids are psychotic. Yeah, that's all I'll say on that. But no, you know, um. Jesus, talk about kids a lot. And I am the definition of someone. But no, like I was saying, like, that that's the thing. 
It's like people always say they want to have everything in place before they have kids. It's like, well, if you have everything in place, you're probably going to be like, why do I need kids? Because I'm more than happy without it. Sometimes people have kids out of kind of like desperate purpose cleansing type of reasons, right? And that's the worst thing. When you bring kids into this world because you're seeking for some type of purpose for yourself... One, it's selfish, and you realize that having kids isn't necessarily probably going to make you feel purposeful. It may open your eyes. It may make you feel a little bit more enlightened about certain things, maybe make you more sensitive. You're going to change because you're going to have a kid that has problems that you probably used to make fun of when you were younger. And ain't that a bitch. Um, (laughs) And then you have to, like, wow. You have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and be able to look at your kid and be like, who's wrong? Is my kid just a little bitch? It's like, well, you raised him, so congrats. Um, <laughs> yeah, crazy, bitch. Um, uh, I hate the book, your cherry. All right, Clint. All right. Um, I'm sorry. All right, all right, Clint. All right. Uh, but not... Um, there's a, yeah, look, if you're going to have kids, just do it on accident, or at least disguise it as an accident. And people that walk around bitching, gee, I, I feel like I've talked about this part before, people that walk around bitching about how my parents had me on accident, yeah, who gives a fuck? Like, honestly, who gives a fuck if you were on purpose or not? Because if you're an accident... The expectations are so low for you that literally you do anything worth a shit. You're technically a plus in society. Now, if you if your parents had everything lined up for you and you were prepared, they had a Gerber life family plan for you. They had life insurance on your ass. They got married before you came into this world. They had everything in place. And then you fucked it up like that's a lot harder to live with than if you're born into shit and you turn out to be a little bit better than shit it's like hey you know what that's all you can ask for it's a plus be an improvement but what we brought you in this whole uh my parents you know, we didn't have any money growing up. And people always, first of all, people always like over-exaggerate how poor they were. Like, oh, we had nothing. We had this. It's like, it's like, dude, like we rode the same school bus. We live in the same type of fucking houses. All right. Like, sure. You know what? Maybe, maybe your family didn't cook for you every night. But you know what? The grocery store was a couple miles away. All right. So you could have stole a couple dollars from, you know, your mom's meth drawer if it was that bad, like you said. You could have bought you some ramen. Could have bought you some rice and noodles. Like, get the fuck over yourself. Yeah, maybe she, uh, maybe she just wanted you to step up and be a strong man at the age of 14. Um, <laughs> be the man of the house. Um, but no, people always over-exaggerate how much dysfunction they come from and i i really feel like we do kind of live in this uh, i hate you we live in this society (laughs) but we live in this type of mentality i think is a better way of putting it we we live in this mentality that it's much more braggadocious to talk about how bad of a situation you came from than it is to actually look at the good of the situation you came from because any situation you could literally find the less than ideal qualities of it if you come from very poor circumstances you always say oh we never had access to this i never had money to go do this i never had always had to work in the summer always had to have this and that and then if you come from money and stuff it's always like well you know, my parents, you know, they never actually, like, they were always on vacation. My dad was always traveling. He was always on the job and never got to see them and all this stuff. And then, 
you know, it's different problems, but it's really the same type of issue. Realistically, we all have the same type of issues. It just kind of looks different. It feels different. And I feel like we're always in this war to talk about how hard our life was. And really, when you listen to people, you're like, all right, you say your life was so hard then, but then why are you acting like such a bitch now when people or anything unideal happens to you? If you were so built, if you were quote unquote built fucking different, and you came from circumstances and situations that should have made you build different, toughen you up, put some calluses on your mind, put some calluses on your hand, quite literally, if you were really quote-unquote built different. And yet you were bitching at the age of 29, 30, 33 about unideal circumstances. Something doesn't add up. Either you over-exaggerated and you never actually had a really deal with any unideal or less than great circumstances or you're just a bitch either or shut the fuck up no one cares at a certain point i say once you get like 28 29 i don't i honestly don't give a fuck where you came from i don't give a fuck how quote unquote tough your life was i really fucking don't I don't care if you grew up with all the privileges in the world. I don't care if you grew up with no privilege. I really don't give a fuck. Because honestly, at a certain point, it really doesn't matter that much. It shapes who you are as a person and what you think about things. But in the grand scheme of things and kind of like how the world actually operates and how you carry yourself, at a certain point, it's on. that's a you problem. If you have issues that have nothing to do with anyone else, that's a you problem. And, oh, Clint, you're being so insensitive to people's mental health and all. It's like, well, you know what? Stop being a mental health bitch. Because mental health has become this thing as an excuse-based thing to just flock to when things aren't going your way. And when you just, like, don't know how to roll with the punches or adjust to anything that shit happens. And people's first instinct is to go online or really just to bitch about things or treat people. Honestly, worse is to treat random people, whether it could be someone you see regularly, work and shit. And they take it out on them and they try to instill their jaded views on everyone else. Because everyone else, they're always the people that say, well, you just don't get it then. You know what? If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. It's like, you're automatically assuming that you're the one that gets it. And let me tell you, you don't get it. (laughs) I'm going to tell you. Somebody got to tell you. You don't get it. You don't get that everything's not fucking about you. Uh, Clint, going into rant mode. I don't give a fuck. You know what? I'm going to get preachy. You know, everybody get hands out. It ain't to reach me. Um, (laughs) Oh, Drake. That is like one of the most under, by the way, that is like the most underrated Drake bar of all time. Really, one of the most, uh, my favorite bars like ever in general. Everybody get their hands out and it ain't to reach me. It's like at first when I heard, like, you know, like the first time you hear like a bar or a line, there's something about it that just like makes you cock your head back and you're like, okay. And you're like, wait a minute. Everybody got their hands out and it ain't to reach me. Oh, it's like, damn, they got their hands out because they're trying to, they got their hand out. Like they, they want something from you instead of someone who got their hands out to reach you. Like, hey, are you okay? Are you doing all right? It's, hey, come and make me all right. It's like, damn. But nah, you know what? You know, the people that got their hands out ain't to reach you. People that bitch about shit. God, I, it, it feels like everyone's like, everyone wants to be first to tell you how poor they once were, how, oh, I once lived, I was once homeless, it's like, okay, it's like, what led up to that homelessness? I'm pretty sure it wasn't just like, hey, like, I got in a car accident and lost, and 
went paralyzed from the waist down for two years and I couldn't have a job and medical bills piled up that I could afford and I didn't have a support system and all this shit. Like, I'm pretty sure it wasn't that. I'm pretty sure it was like, hey, you know what? I, uh, I neglected bettering my situation. I may have gotten into a few things that cost some money that I didn't have to spend money on. It's like, you know what? I got, I got caught in the wrong circles of people. It's typically not that. It's typically always, oh, you know, uh, this happened. My girlfriend broke up with me, you know, and I lost it all. It's like, it's like, why would you be, why, why would you let a situation dictate that big of your life if she's just your girlfriend? She says she would never leave me. It's like, yeah, I said I would never shit my pants at the age of seven, but hey. Shit happens. Um, we're going streaking. Um, <laughs> it's like, God. And the thing is, like, I'm not even too specific with the people I'm talking about. But the thing is, everyone that listens knows exactly who I'm talking about. The type of people. Because everyone has to deal with these people. And you don't want to be a dick about it. Because you know what? It's like if someone then asks you... It's like, and they're not being too egregious about it. Just like, you know what? Let, let people get, you know, let people operate the way they want. But there comes a point where, you know, sometimes you just got to tell these people to shut the fuck up. Like, not everyone cares that, oh, you know, growing up, you know, we had hand-me-downs. It's like, you had two drawerfuls of shirts. Regardless of they hand-me-downs or not, you had a lot of options. Did you ever look at it like that? Oh, we got our clothes from thrift stores. and It's like, so you had clothes. And you could wash it. So if there are bugs in it, just wash it out. Uh, well, ice it out. Um, ice me out. Ice me out. Uh, cash talk. Um, she got a fat ass though. All right, random fact. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. probably one of the, like one of those guys that spent a lot of cash on dolls. Um, if you if you if you know you know. Um, you know what? You know I thought about like what would if if having a sex doll. Some people say it's better than the real thing, and you know what? I, I'm willing to give the benefit of doubt. Because, you know, human error. Human error can make things not feel as good as you think, right? You know, some people use too much teeth. Some people don't know how to do things right. For guys and girls, by the way. Mostly guys. We don't know what the hell we're doing. We're just like, hey, swing it this way. I'm just going to keep licking in a clockwise motion. Some some ought to get popping. Uh, master bedroom, where that's where it gets popping. Um, and the only thing master about my bedroom is the baiting. I get you to get in here. Ah, see, master baiting, baiting you in. Ah, okay, <laughs> I'm too much. Done saying I'm done playing. Last time was on the outro, and the outro is uh, pretty much the intro, if you get what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> ah, Clint. Ah, Clint. Ah, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh my god. But uh yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Uh yeah, look, man. Sometimes there just comes a point where I I don't like to be the person that says like people like there are people that have actually gone through like real shit that have that story. But, I just, see, here's where I wish that we had, like, cameras back in the 90s and stuff. Because I feel like a lot of people get away with these stories because there wasn't, like, a whole, like, camera. There wasn't cameras. There wasn't evidence that you were living a certain life. You could just kind of say word of mouth about how tough certain things were in your life. Where nowadays, if you were born, like, let's say you were born, like, 2010, let's just say. Like, typically, you probably had an Instagram or YouTube or whatever at, like, 10 or 11, 12 years old. 
So you probably posted things that kind of led like, oh, this person probably, oh, post a picture in front of their house. It looks like a nice house. Oh, here. They went here on vacation. Here's like, oh, obviously you have money to do this. So obviously, you, and then when they're like 26, 27, and they're going through some tough breakup, like, you know, life for me was hard enough. Things, you know, it always seems like I'm fighting an uphill battle. And feel like fighting an uphill battle. It's like, uh, senior house. Um, if that's an uphill battle, then, um, most people are like down in the trenches, just like saving Private Ryan, just trying not to get the legs blown off um, to survive out here. And your uphill battle is, you know, I have a hard time finding someone to accept me for who I am. It's like, I don't know, maybe because people have found out that you don't even accept for who you are. Ooh, wisdom. Not really. That's not really wisdom. That's the most basic fucking manifestation shit I've ever heard. And Jesus Christ. Uh, people always, also, people who have never actually, like, had a whole lot of, like, real adversity. And I'm not even saying I really apply. Like, I've had things in my life that aren't ideal. But I would say for the most part, I'm pretty fortunate. But with anyone, you could find things that are like, oh, they have a past. It's like, baby, I got a future and a past. Like, it's like so. It's like if you're in front of auditorium people in a slick line, you want to say, beside them. <laughs> but like, if you were to, what would be your, uh, what would be your what is some game you would spit to a girl? Now, granted, don't take any game from me. I'm not a guy with a game. I say shit, and sometimes it works. And a lot of times, they just roll their eyes and laugh. So, I guess it works. Um, be like, I'm a guy with the future. And I come with the past. Now, which one do you want to be in it? Because you got to pick one. Um <laughs> Because either way, you're going to be in my life for some time. Because I'm irresistible. Um, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, uh, I guess the main thing I'll just say is like, it just seems like we all want to, we all want to dumb, we all want to dumb down. And I got to think about like, if you're one of those people that shit on your life, and stuff, and your parents are just like, ah, well, fuck me, I guess, fuck everything I ever tried to do for you, fuck all the lack of sleep I got, fuck all the breastfeeding, fuck all the fucking overpriced, nasty smelling formula I scooped, and now your idea of struggle is you're buying vegan pro protein powder, that's your struggle, debate of well, do I want to get vegan protein powder or whey protein or whey isolate? And mom used to have that chunky ass fucking formula. That was her idea of protein. She had to get it because she would sip some of yours, some of the, some of your formula because she didn't have time to actually go work out and get like nutrition in her system. So she just sipped on your infamil formula, whatever the fuck you use. And you're sitting like, oh my god. I don't know what protein powder I'm going to get. Oh, my God. They ran out of the plant-based. Oh, my God. It's like, ah, oh Jesus. You're still a baby. You're still scooping white powder. <laughs> and hoping that a nipple will come out in return. Because you get all these gains. You're like, hmm, there's a lot of nipples I'm going to be sucking. And then you realize, like, oh, I have asthma. Um, <laughs> apparently, uh, apparently, I learned that. It's amazing what you can learn from women. Um, <laughs> wow, that sounded real bad. It's amazing what you can learn from a woman. Um, <laughs> apparently, if you, one of the things about you, why is necessary to breastfeed and shit, is that if you don't breastfeed, apparently you you open the risk for your child to have like a lot of health issues growing up. Just because if you don't breastfeed for like a year, think about that. You don't breastfeed. I don't know how long breastfeeding took will last. I guess like a year or so. Like, um, I don't know. Depending on who you are, breastfeed is a lifetime deal, if you know what I'm saying. Um, 
If you nip it in the bud, all right. <laughs> uh, some things never change, baby. Um, you know, I think you, I think you just have an unhealthy relationship with your mother. You're a mama's boy. It's like, well, mama, give me that titty. Um, <laughs> it's like I wouldn't if you just gave me that titty, baby. Um, <laughs> uh, is the juice worth the squeeze? I would say so. It's like a. It's like a wet sock after like an eight mile run. You just take it out and shh. Ooh. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Um, <laughs> uh, I just need that tender love and care. Um, <laughs> but no. It, it, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, if you don't breastfeed correctly or as often or the way you're supposed to whatever the fuck that means your kid can have like potential like not like alzheimer's but not like you know asperger's like that stuff is more like genetic in certain things but like stuff like asthma which i have asthma but i think i was breastfed like my mom she did all the right things technically i guess um you have like asthma you got forms of like certain digestive issues, you know, stuff that I'm not going to say are small things, but there's stuff that you can still manage and have a normal life. You just probably have to, you know, you know, uh, understand that you're not going to be a pro athlete. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just stuff like that. Nothing crazy. And, uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, uh, I always love it when, uh, and by love, you could tell that I don't really mean that. Um, I love how I might, I'm not going to say my job at a hypothetical job that I may be employed at and get checks from. I show up late one day. Was I 40 minutes late? Yes. I'm not excusing being late. I've worked there hypothetically, allegedly, over nine months. And let's just say over the nine months, you have never been late one time. Let's say only one time in that nine month span you called out. And even when you called out, you drove up there directly because you didn't have the phone number because it's not really a structure of who the fucking call when you need to actually call out. So then when you don't show up or when you're late, they're like... How come you didn't call? It's like, who am I supposed to call? Ghostbusters. Um, and you guys are hard to fucking see and figure out. Okay? But anyways. Allegedly. So you show up late. You know. You go to your section. But then they stop you at the front. One of the managers stops you. And they're like, stop. And I'm like, oh shit. This ain't good. And at the same time, my first instinct is like, I know they're not going to say shit. I hate to be that guy. I know they're not going to say shit to me. Because when you, anyone that works at a job knows that people, you know the people that show up late almost every fucking day. People that miss shifts on a semi-weekly basis. And nothing ever happens to them. But when you're loyal, dedicated... Considered, you know, top 10% employee, let's just say, at a place. And you show up late one time. All of a sudden, it's this big ordeal. It's this, oh, we gotta make an example out of you. It's it's like being the coach's son, right? I guess it would be like being a... Be like being Donovan Mitchell on the Jazz. It's like if you're in practice and he makes a wrong play and he's not showing effort or he's late, it's oh, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna yell in front of Donovan in front of the whole fucking team. We're gonna make an example because if we set the precedent with you, then everyone else has to fall in line. If we do this to the best player, the best employee, that means that oh, everyone else is gonna know what's up. And fall in line. And make sure. Hey. If this happens to him. Just imagine what happens to you. Tenth man on the bench. 
when it seems like that seems to be the opposite approach. It seems like if the 10th man on the bench shows up late, you should cut him and make an example of him. Not the person that actually is the reason for why shit keeps going all right for you. That keeps the jobs of you people. That keeps the numbers up in certain capacities. That makes shit happen. That does the parts of the job that other people either don't want to do or they uh, are just not equipped to do. Right? So they move you to the most hated section that you hate to kind of shove it in you, huh? Kind of make a point. And it opens your eyes. And I'm not one of those, I'm not justifying being late. Alright? I overslept. Shit happens. All I know is, I would think like, you know what? I would be given at least a benefit of the doubt, considering the fact that it seems like a worse employee you are at a place. It seems like the less they care about if you show up on time. It seems like the less they care about if you show up for shifts, if you call out. Nothing seems to really happen to you. But it seems like typically the more the more standing you have, the more better of an employee you are type of thing. It seems like you get treated with such a lack of uh, human understanding, per se. I don't think that's right. It seems like you aren't given the benefit of the doubt as much. Hey, shit happens to me, too. There's people that show 20 minutes late every fucking day to work. Nothing happens to them. It's just this running joke. Ah, oh, there he is. Ha ha, there she is. Nothing happens. People call out regularly because, oh, this hurts and all this stuff. Fine, like, I get it. People in pain, you shouldn't work in pain. Like, it's a job. It's not the biggest deal in the world. But I show 40 minutes. I still show up to my shift. Late, yes. But I still showed up. And you would have thought I skinned a cat before I came in. You thought I did, like, a habitual satanic ritual at the front. And it just kind of shows this double standard. It kind of shows this fucked up way of looking at life. You think with someone who's been there, longevity at a high turnover job, someone that actually comes in and works every day. I hate to talk about I bust my ass, but I work. You know, I work. I'm not a lazy piece of shit. I do what I'm supposed to do and then some. I work six, sometimes seven days a week, depending on if I pick up shifts. Like, I work. And to be treated like I fucking, I don't even know how to put in words to be on. But to not even be given the benefit of the doubt, per se, on a pattern, because it's not a pattern behavior, because my pattern behavior says I show up on time, like, you should have been like, hey, man, you good, like, what happened, like, they were like, what the fuck, man, it's like, you know what, fuck you, like, I know, I know higher level people in there, people that are technically pay more than me, that do absolutely fucking nothing on the job, like, absolutely fucking nothing, and hey, you know what, they get paid because they did some paperwork to move up, and be in a technical higher position. But then when you actually look at what they're doing. They're not doing anything. They're actually doing less. Which I guess that's why companies so you move up. But they walk around lackadaisical whatever. But I come in ready to work. Yes was I late. It's like you know what. Maybe I had to take a nap in the middle of the day. Because I worked fucking seven days. Last week. Huh? Ever thought about that? They give me the benefit of doubt. Consider it like the lunch break that I never fucking took. How about that? How about consider it the lunch break I never fucking took? I don't know. But you know what? I'm the asshole. 
and they punished me by putting me, allegedly I must say, into a fucking section that I fucking hate and they know it. If I wanted to work in that section, when I applied allegedly for the job, I would have said, hey, I want to work in that section. But you know what? They got to stick it to you. They got to try to prove their alpha dominance, right? That's what they'll try to say. It's like, okay. I remember that. I remember that alpha dominance. Okay. You want to try to make an example of me? Okay. Well, you know what? Now you've been made an example. Allegedly. And that is episode 162 of the Off and Be podcast. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, hit the notification bell on all apps. But most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, suck some titties. And I gotta cook lunch and uh, and bunch. More like honey brunches of oats. Uh, okay, clip. All right, guys. Have a great day.